Alright, welcome back to another episode of Fast Break Lip NBA Podcast. It's your boy Samuel. I'm back. The NBA season is back for real this time. Um and I got with me my guy Chris Persianen from Nick's Film School. Um say what's up to people, Chris. What up, bro? What up, everyone? Thank you, Sam, for having me back on. Always love potting with you. So NBA coming back, perfect timing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we got today our season preview is um like sort of it's going to be coming to you guys a day late. You know, we're recording the day of opening night in the NBA. Uh, So it's fine. Yeah, it's whatever. Nothing. Nothing's really going to change that much in one night. Hopefully that um, these predictions are completely off. But um, we'll be going through um, each division, given contenders, pretenders, Guys, that's going to be in the lotto. We'll even go through probably some awards, and we'll take it from there. So, um, Chris, you want to you want to start things off with? Um, let, let's start. Let's start in the Eastern Conference with the Atlantic Division. That's our division, yo. So that's that's one we know pretty well, I think. Yeah, um, and I'm definitely down to talk awards. By the way, we didn't talk about that before the pod, but I'm definitely down to end this off with uh, some award picks. Atlantic Division, man. So we got contenders, pretenders, middle of the pack teams like purgatory type, and then you know the lotto guys. Um, I'll start from the start from the bottom. I guess Toronto is the bottom for me. Yeah, I would say so too. I I don't think they're you know ping pong ball counters. Um, I, I their over under set at like thirty five point five something like that. I think they can win a cool 38, 39 games, maybe, um, if, if things go well for them this year. So I, I see them as a middle-of-the-pack team. Yeah, I mean, I think I think their defense will probably carry them to some, some wins that they probably shouldn't get, like how the Knicks' defense carried them to some wins they shouldn't have got last year. Fred so, Van Vliet, too, you know, might go off. And- yeah. You know, carry him to a couple wins they shouldn't get. He also might shoot him out of a game they should win. So, you know, that could go both ways. But that team is exciting going forward. This year isn't huge for them. They don't have massive expectations or, like, they don't need to win 45 games or whatever. Like, they can win 37 this year and be totally chill going forward. So that's probably who I put last. Um, Scotty Barnes is exciting, man. Uh, I'm ready to see what he looks like in the league. Like I'm excited for when we play the Raptors, we get to go up against Scotty Barnes because he's going to be good and uh, potentially scary. So, you know, cool to see him as a rookie. Um, it was interesting that they took him over Suggs, but I, I think it'll make sense in time. Um, I probably would have gotten Suggs, though. I don't know. But, I'm you know, I'm not hating on the pick. They love Scotty already in Toronto and – Despite the fact that, you know, I'm saying the Raptors are going to be last in the Atlantic, I think they're going to be pretty good. So, you know, that's not a bad thing. This is just a good division. Um, Next up, this is tough. (laughs) This is very tough. But I think I'm going to have to go with the Knicks as finishing fourth. Really? That's because I think that the Nets, Sixers – and Celtics can all be like a top six seed, top five seed team. 
um, this division like is really good. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Like the Knicks, if the Knicks are seven, the Celtics six, the Sixers four, or maybe the Celtics five, the Knicks seven, the Heat six, you know, whatever. The Philly at four, and then Brooklyn is two. Like, goddamn, I don't know. That's 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 a really good division. So I I'll say I have the Knicks in four. I think we can win a cool forty-seven games this year. Um. I think Boston, Philly, Brooklyn can all push 50, you know, so it's going to be tough. But the Knicks going to be a good team. They got better on offense. They'll be better uh, on defense in the playoffs. But the regular season, they might not be as much as a, uh, as much of a machine defensively. I just think in the playoffs, I, I probably like the looks we can throw at teams now better with OB's improvement, with RJ's growth. Um, and now having Grimes, you know, and, and not Alfred, even though we have Kemba, like we could play D Rose and D Rose has been fine defensively. So I, I'm chilling. I love this Knicks team ready to go to a lot of games. Uh, Sam and I will be there opening night. Yes, sir. Um, and this is just going to be a fun year. I am going to say that we are pretenders. I think we're better than middle of the pack. Yeah, I I'd say that. So I'm gonna say pretenders for the Knicks. What do you think? Um, I have um, I don't have the Knicks in this spot. Um, I'm like irrationally high on the Knicks just because I think this is gonna be like our best year since I think this year is gonna be better than 2012-13. Um, and I just think we have a lot of things going right for us. Um. I have I, I'm I'm like I'm like super bullish on Philly right now just because of like all the nonsense that's going on with that team and it's just like total dysfunction. And it's like, okay, does Ben Sim do they just like tell Ben Simmons like sit away from the team now because like he's throwing fits and temp- temper tantrums and stuff like that? Or do they just um do they do they go for like whatever package they get now? Because like it's not gonna be the best package, like I remember when um I think it was um Schwinn brought it up on Twitter how like um people were saying how the Knicks should have canvassed the league a little longer and stuff like that and got the best possible deal. And it's like that's not always the case because as you see with Ben Simmons, as the time keeps going by, the trade value keeps decreasing, decreasing, decreasing to the point where like, okay, the returns that they get, is it gonna be enough for like when Embiid misses his certain amount of games that he misses every year? Can that rest of that supporting cast hold up during the regular season for them to maintain a top spot, not only in the Eastern Conference, but also in the division as well? Because, like you said, this division is is a good division now. Like, it's a really stacked, stacked up division. Dude, it's nuts. <laughs> like, this, this division has five teams that can win – Almost 40 games. games. Yeah. yeah. So like, goddamn. I don't know. It feels like the West, bro. Yeah, the East is the East, the East is good this year. It's really good. So it's like, I don't know. I'm bullish on Philly just because I don't know what they're going to get in return for Ben Simmons and if it's going to be enough to hold up for when Embiid misses those games that he will likely miss. So that that that's my only reason. And also my bold prediction for the Knicks this year. I don't know if I don't even know if it's really that bold, just because we saw glimpses of like in the preseason, but like 
I think Grimes cracks the rotation. Um, 2000, what was it, 2011 or 2012, Iman Shumpert style. I feel you. Rookie coming in, being able to um, defend, shoot threes, simple stuff. But Dibs will love it, and he'll be able to play solid rotation minutes for this team. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't even think that's too bold, but yeah, that's my prediction for this year. Man, I I'd love for the Knicks to have that fun of a year. I mean, I don't want to set the expectations too lofty, but like this should be a super fun season. I agree. Yeah, um, for sure. Like this should be a very very fun season. Who'd you have? Who'd you have in in four again? You had Philly, right? Yeah, I had Philly just because I'm like super. I'm just like the Ben Simmons stuff today. Really, kind of like really made me question because not only just like not only just like okay like what do they get in return just like the chemistry overall because I I feel like the vibe of that team is just going to be so weird for this whole year like say Ben Simmons does start off the game the year playing for them like just imagine that Philly crowd itself like that's just going to have a odd effect on the the team as a whole I just don't like it long term for for them so yeah I just like Embiid as like a, a machine and I know Simmons helps a lot on the court but I feel like the rest of the Sixers team kind of and maybe they just get so beat up by this that they you're right they're, they're kind of like they kind of stink compared to the other teams in the division you know besides Toronto um I just think that th- this is the kind of group Doc Rivers coach, who's not even my favorite coach, but like they'll see this as motivation to have a great season because uh, they're just so tired of it already. They just want to play great basketball and get right to it. So I have Philly, I have Philly second still. I'm not oh, giving wow. up. I'm not giving up hope on on Embiid because I'm that high on him and just that squad. Like Embiid was shooting around him now. Um, Especially if they they trade Ben soon, I just think they can make something good happen there in the regular season, rack up some wins. I have Boston third. I think Boston like just edges us out is literally like the seed ahead of us, or where a seed ahead of them maybe. But I would just you know say Boston because they have the best player out of both teams. And then I would have Philly second because I think they have the best player out of all three teams out of Philly, Boston, and New York. So I know Philly's talent, even if he's the best, is the most injury prone out of you know Embiid, Randall, and Tatum. But I just think that because I think all three of these teams are kind of close in how I project them, like the top top end talent, you know, the guy who's going to win you the game at the end, like that's how I'll, I'll tie break it and. I'm still going to have Philly second because I think they can get something for Ben that's existent and just move on with this. Um, And, yeah, I think Philly and Boston are both – and I'm scared to say this about all three, the Knicks, the Celtics, and the Sixers in one, but, like, I think they're all pretenders. Like, they're all on that just, like, that tier under that top tier of teams. Um, yeah, I, I'd agree with you with that. I think I the only contenders in the East Brooklyn are like, won. yeah, Brooklyn would be a contender for me, and they'd be one in the division. 
Yeah. I don't know if there's an Eastern team in the three Eastern divisions that is not number one in their division that I see as a contender. And as I'm looking, there is not. So, yeah, you kind of got to be the best in your division if you're going to be a real, real contender um, in the East, at least. The West has some, you know, top, top end teams in the Pacific. But, you know, yeah, so that that's it. You know, I'd have Brooklyn as a contender, I think, based on what I've seen. Kevin Durant saying he hasn't spoken to Kyrie and shit like that, like, I think this is also a team that is not the happiest with what's going on and how much they're in the news. And I think they have a point to prove. So I can see Brooklyn racking up some regular season wins as well. Um, and I think they might even be getting undervalued by their over-under line, which is like 53 or 54 or something. I think that over-under line is also taken into account just like the, the general age of the team because, you know, they did get older with LaMarcus Aldridge back, um, Paul Millsap, Patty Mills. And also load managing, I think, is also going to be a huge thing for Brooklyn just because of seeing how their season ended last year to injury. Yeah. So I think that's what that over-under line takes into account. But if they don't load manage, they could probably push it for like maybe towards like 60 wins. So uh-huh. I'm with it. I think them and the Bucks are the two teams where um, – like the sixty, the sixty win threshold is is a realistic goal to hit. I don't know. I don't think the Knicks. You know, the Knicks can do fifty. They could. I don't think they will. I think they could. Um, I don't think the Knicks can get close to sixty. So, if they do, though, woof. Oh boy, that, I'm not shutting up. My Twitter's getting taken down. Yeah, for real. So they're gonna, um, they're gonna be out of here if we if we win sixty. Oh, for sure. So let's move on to uh, the Central Division. Oh boy, oh boy. Uh, I, I, we got to talk I'll, about the Bulls now. That just I, means we have to talk about the Bulls. <laughs> Yep. So I mean, I'll, I'll kick things off this time with um. Yeah, you got. I it. think um Detroit is gonna be back in the lottery, of course. I mean, their season is already off to an auspicious start, in the words of the great um Clyde Frazier, with um Kate Cunningham, their rookie, um going to miss the opener with a sprained ankle. Um, That's the opposite of auspicious. It is. I swear to know. God, auspicious means. Like a lucky start. Oh, it does. I think because whenever Clyde says that, it's like, are you, thinking, it's, are you thinking ominous? No, like, hold up, let me just look this up real quick. The fast break dictionary. Oh, it does. Oh, wow. Okay. Favorable. Ah, gotta. Learn I mean, okay, so they're not off to an auspicious start with Kate Cunningham missing <laughs> the opener because um. I think it was three weeks ago, one of the, the writers from from in the athletic, one of the Pistons writers had said that, oh, like Kate, um, Coach Casey had said that it was nothing. It's just a regular sprained ankle. It's just swollen. Three weeks later, he's, he's still he still hasn't played any preseason and he's um out for the opener. So their season is already off to not an auspicious start. And um, 
yeah, I just think that, I mean, Jeremy Grant is cool and all, and like all the young talent that they've accumulated the past, I want to say, two years now, is um, yeah, I fuck with a, their core, man. It's a fun bunch, I guess. Stu, Killian, Cade, Bay, Grant, Saban Lee, they got a they got a little group. Yeah, but that's a yeah, core. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good foundation up. for now. That's a core we would be real hype about like two years ago. If if we could could stop our team two years ago for their team now, we would have done it in a heartbeat, man. They've got a good Oh, of course. Of course. But yeah, I think think they'll be back in the lottery. I think that's just the general consensus. Um, I think they'll probably be fun once Cade is fully healthy. They'll be like a super fun team to tune into when your team isn't playing, of course, on, on, on League Pass. And then um, right above them, Cleveland. I still don't know what Cleveland is doing after all these years. I, 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 I haven't tuned into any preseason games of theirs, but I've seen the lineups that they've put out there where it's like Lowry marketing at the three with um, Mobley and Jared Allen. They've put Kevin Love out there with those dudes. It's just like I, I, I get trying to be different, but like – I don't know if that's going to really lead to regular season success for them. And then they also didn't extend Colin Sexton, who will be a restricted free agent. So that's going to be interesting to see how Colin Sexton plays and approaches the season. But yeah, I have them like, I guess, lottery also. How how you feel about the Cavs? Cavs, man. Sadly, for my Darius Garland love, I, I don't. I don't even know if they're like I'd call them middle of the pack. I, I'd have, I guess, I'd have the Cavs a hair ahead of Detroit this year. Um, God, these teams both suck. Um, that's the thing is like they both suck, but they don't. Like they have good players. The East is just actually good now, so they're gonna be at the bottom of the conference. Like that's weird to think about, but. I have to say, I think, like, I probably think the Magic finished last, last. And then the Pistons and Cavs are, like, two of the other teams that would be at the bottom with them. Um, I probably picked the Cavs by a hair. I think Garland, Sexton, year two, Okoro, all that good stuff. Mobley, Allen, Markinen, like, they have talent, you know. So Pistons are good, but Cade's a rookie, so I'll give the edge to Cleveland. I think the Pistons are definitely a, a lottery ball team. Um, I think Cleveland is like a year away from being mid- top of the middle of the pack if things go well for them. But I'm going to say they're at like the bottom of the middle of the pack right now. So I, I'd put them as a middle of the pack team, but just like a really bad one. Um, just to kind of respect their like existent talent. Detroit's just gonna finish bad with a bad enough record that I think they're a lottery. Like they're both lottery teams, but Detroit's gonna be like really counting ping pong balls by the end of the year. I think. Yep, yep, they will. Maybe they'll even have a chance at um, Paulo from Duke. That'll be a very interesting um, no. combination. Orlando. Has with, to be Orlando with Cade and him. Dude, that's too – who can I compare? That's like baby Luca 
and not bad Ben Simmons on, on the same team. I'm trying to think of like some sort of comparison for, and maybe Paolo is like a young Julius, but like not like Julius now, but a young player that's not as good. Who knows? Um, but that would be fucking nuts. Two number one picks in a row, and it's in those two drafts. Good God. Yep. It just may happen. You know how the NBA likes to. Those small markets. Everyone yep. always there's anti-small market bias. And then you see, like, the dude from ESPN, like, actually screaming his head off with maniacal laughter because we got the third pick. Uh, George Sedano. I will always remember that video of him doing that. And one day it's going to come back. It's already come back and bit them in the ass, but like it's going to come back even harsher soon. So his wife said he didn't get that excited when he found out they were having a boy. That's crazy. Like you got to be one weird fellow, man. For real. <laughs> For real. You got to be one weird fellow. So for third in the division. Chicago. I'm, kinda, <laughs> I'm torn between Chicago and Indiana just because I both I see Indiana as mid, but I also see like I don't I don't see Chicago as mid, but I don't see them as highly as everyone else does. Apparently, like everyone thinks that they're like some like they're about to be some contender this year. I mean, they'll probably have like a ton of highlights on like House of Highlights, like they did after their first preseason game, but um. Highlights don't really translate to um, wins all the time. Like, you can have a ton of highlights, but, like, if you're not winning, I don't Charlotte really Hornets. think it matters that much. So, Last year, Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, pretty much. And you see where they ended up. I mean, they had some in- unfortunate injuries to end their season, well, towards the end of their season with Gordon Hayward and LaMelo Ball. But that's part of the game these days in the NBA and NBA is becoming more physical. I think people just have to accept the way that things are going to be going forward in the NBA. And um, they were a young team, so they get to learn how to win too also. And I think Chicago has to learn how to win just like the Knicks had to learn how to win last year. Like it's a learning process with these teams. So a lot of people think they'll be good from the jump. I heard, I saw someone say the other day on the timeline, 53 wins. Um, that's that's really out there. Oh, my God. You know what it was? It was a, There was a post, and it was like, what team can win 15 more than their over-under? And Josh Eberle, who I love his takes, was like, I got the Bulls over-under at 38, which it was never at. It opened at like 42 so I don't or 41 or something. But he said 38 plus 15, he could see them winning 53. Like, how the hell are they going to – I don't know, man. I, I can't do this. I think I love their offseason, and then they sent, my, like, my favorite vet on their team, like my favorite role player vet on their team, and they sent a second-round pick, and they sent a first-round pick. They sent all those things. It's like It was, it was like a sneakers raffle. Like Nike, like Nike sneakers makes you wait like 30 minutes on the app just to find out you could spend $350 on some fear of gods. Like the Bulls sent that young a first and a second to be able to pay DeMar DeRozan $29 million a year. Like, are you shitting me? That's, I, that's I still know. insane to me. I mean, and a lot of people say these days, like, I think, okay, I am like huge. I was huge no DeRozan for the Knicks. 
and for obvious reasons. I mean, have you seen his on-off numbers on every team that he's been on, but including but the playoff hooper, teams? But, but he's a hooper. <laughs> Besides that point of him being a hooper, <laughs> just like he's just like, I think, Okay, like, he's been criticized a lot, and, like, a lot of people are, like, taking the road now of, like, oh, he's been criticized so much that, like, he's been over-criticized to the point where he's being underrated now. And it's, like, not really, because, like, he still does, like, certain things well, but it's all about the context that you put him in. And it's, like, okay, you got Lonzo Ball, you want him to be the point guard, but, like, DeMar DeRozan is kind of the de facto point guard if you're going to have him on your team because yeah. that's the only way he kind of really has success. I mean, that, he's that, not really that, an off-ball player. So. Let DeMar play point guard. Let Levine be the lead scorer. Lonzo's the 3 and D wing. But he doesn't want to be the 3 and D wing. That's Lonzo's what he was playing in NOLA. <laughs> Lonzo's the 3 and D wing, and you got, uh, God, Vucevic out there, scorer at center. It's just like man, that team's not that team's not going to be as good as people think. I, I I think they'll be I think they'll be fine this year. Like they'll win games this year. They're gonna suck going forward though, which is gonna be really funny. Yeah, because they gave up their whole future for a core that is going to last maybe two point five years and not gonna breed much success. We'll see, man. Maybe they can win. Like forty five this year and hit their over, but that's like the most I can see them doing. I'm not. I, I I have no idea. Um, I think having them second would be smart, and Indiana third. Um, but I just love like Carlisle and Duarte as additions to that team, and re-signing McConnell. Like they're just a scrappy team, man. They got a coach that can win games. Um, and that knows how to win games and won a lot of games in Dallas. And they've got talented players, Sabonis, Brogdon, Turner, Duarte, Warren, McConnell. They, they have players, man. They, they, they got off. Oh, I forgot about Levert. And they have uh, they still got Justin Holiday on the bench too, right? So they have some talent. And I hope, you know, just for that, that core sake, like I remember that core playing LeBron with Depot, man. And like – they they really just haven't done anything. Like I hope they can make some noise, because um, the Knicks Pacers like rivalry is always fun. You see, they made Trey Reggie Miller in that NBA thing. We really, oh, we really oh my, we really like gave him a gave stimulus. Trey, yeah, we gave Trey a stimmy, bro. We gave if him he played stimulus. like the Indiana Pacers in the first round, or he played like the Miami Heat even in the first round, no he's not getting this level of like press and love. I'm sorry, he's just not. I mean, he came and beat us, which, like, all right, I'll give him that. I'll respect like, – I, I won't respect him for that, but I'll, like, give you, like, some some sort of props. But, it's like so – It's so annoying. It really is. Like, I, I really wish that we didn't play him now because, like, I wish he played, like, some, some backwater team so that way he could, like, <laughs> still, like, be irrelevant to, like, some corner of NBA sphere. But yeah, him playing the Knicks and like doing all that because you know with the Knicks it's the heaviest, heaviest jersey in the league. So you know, once you do something against that that jersey, you know it holds a certain weight in the league. Apparently, to the point yeah. where they have him doing um, Reggie Miller 
swaps and whatnot. Whatever. Yeah, man. that was lame. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like Indiana, I think if you put Detroit fifth, Cleveland fourth, Indiana third, Chicago second, and Bucks first, like that might very well be the exact order. Um, yeah, I could I very well I, see it playing. Well I think I'd rather too. bet on that Indiana team this year than that Chicago team. So it's tough. Yeah, it is. All, all I got to say about the Bucks, man, we can make this quick because I know you love the Grayson Allen acquisition, and they just extended him today. Yeah. Was it, two years, $20 million? So I know you love that pickup for them. We talked about it last time I was I was here on your pod, and um, Giannis chipped up and came back with more moves. So that's all I got to say about them. They're going to be great. And, yeah, with the Bucks, like you said, I love that Grayson Allen acquisition. I do think it is a precursor to them probably not extending DiVincenzo now because they had their opportunity, that deadline passed, and I don't think they're going to sign him this offseason. Maybe they do. Maybe they just want to see how his foot is after the foot surgery because, you know, those foot surgeries are very tricky. Coming back from them is very tricky. Maybe they just want to see how he, how he looks. But it does look like they're not going to keep him long-term, which was why they traded for Allen anyways, but it's still good insurance and it's still good depth for this year. Um, and then like you said with Giannis, he came back from a chip and you know, came back with some moves. I think the monkey when you get that monkey off your back of like you finally won the championship, there's like a level of confidence that the team plays with now and the star player plays with a with a way looser freedom. We saw it with 2013 LeBron, we saw 2016 Steph. Like, it's just a different animal once you come back from winning that first chip. And it's just, like, you finally feel like you can do whatever you want, basically, in the league. And the league is yours. And it it very well is his for the taking at this moment. So, Yeah, man, I have have my pick uh, for who's going to win MVP. But I feel like the runner-up, if it's not Giannis, should be Giannis on your list. Because he could very well come for another one of those things. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so Southeast, you want to kick things off in the Southeast division? Yeah, man, this is easy for me. I have Orlando last here. I think they're going to be last in the entire East. Um, and that's not a terrible thing because they made two good draft picks, I think. One great draft pick in Suggs and one good draft pick in Wagner. Um, I think they're on a, the start of a, what what could be a decent track you know, going forward. They're just gonna suck this year. And they'll probably trade Ross maybe into the year or something. You know, by the deadline, like this team's yep. gonna stink. I think it's pretty easy to put on fifth. Um, I don't know if you got comments on Orlando, but um, I think they'll be like one of those like fun league pass teams that you tune into every every now and then. Like I said with um Detroit as well. Um, they do have a lot of. They have a lot going on in the backcourt, which they will have to figure out eventually with Fultz, Cole Anthony, Suggs, Hampton. Maybe Hampton slots into a wing spot if he grows because, you know, he's still type young. He could still grow um, into that spot. I think he's like 6'4", 6'5", so it's like not out of the realm that he could fit slot into one of the wing spots. But, um, yeah, I do agree. I think Ross, Ross is probably Ross is going to be on the move eventually to a contender it's gonna be interesting to see which contender picks him up and for like what price that they get him at um because i do think he can definitely help a contender just scoring wise just like that alone is just gonna be huge um 
And then, um, yeah, I just, I agree. I think they're going to be lottery, worst team in the East, have a chance at that number one pick. So it's going to be interesting to see um, just how the, their guys develop. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it for them this year. That's all they need. Uh, number four, all right, this is hard. God, this is hard. I'm going to go with Charlotte, man. I'm going to go with Charlotte, number four, and that's not – because of, you know, I, I'm low on LaMelo or Hayward or whatever. Like, I think Booknight being their bench stinks because I think Kai Jones is a project. And you know, like, I love Booknight in the draft cycle, but he's not mm-hmm. going to be great yet. So for people saying, like, oh, he could be the Jordan Clarkson for them off the bench here one, like, do you know how good Jordan Clarkson is? <laughs> like, uh, he is the he is like the bona fide sixth man doing an incredible job at it on what is, you know, going to be one of the best regular season teams every year. Um, that's really hard to do, yo. So, Book Knight's not going to be that good year one for sure, and just because he's not going to be the best sixth man year one, you know, I'm not saying that's why. I, I just think he'll actually struggle year one a little. Um, with efficiency and like mellow Rogier Hayward Plumley and Washington, like Dinwiddie Beal Caldwell Pope, like that team has more. I just, you know, Beal's a giant loser so far in his career, I guess. But I just think the wizards this year will make a push that will be a little stronger than, than Charlotte's. I think Charlotte's kind of in like a developmental year that they don't even realize they're in yet. Um, so we'll see how that goes for them, but I'm just not thrilled about the concept of like book night and Kai Jones being your whole bench. If you're trying to get a playoff spot. Um, so yeah, I probably have, Oh yeah. Their bench is going to be thin because what you call, they got Uber at least. So (laughs) (laughs) that guy sucks too. So give me Charlotte and then give me Washington third. Over them, I'll I'll kick it to you. I, I think I know who you're gonna have number two and then number one, obviously. But I'm curious. So, you know, what? First of all, do you agree with me on from three to five, Washington, Charlotte, Orlando? See, with Washington, I like Washington's move this this off season, kind of because it gave them more depth, and like, um, I just think like having that type of depth is important in the NBA. Um, they're going to give up a lot of points, as you saw from our two games against them in the preseason. I mean, it's just preseason, but it kind of gives you a glimpse into what they'll be defensively in the regular season. So I think they'll 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 be in the mix for the plan in the East. Charlotte, your Charlotte prediction. I didn't realize who left Charlotte this off season and who they added because like. I mean, say what you want about Bismack and, like, Zeller and whatnot, but, like, those were, like, solidified vets. I mean, they did add Plumley, so that kind of gives them something there. But, like, Plumley's probably going to start most likely, right? So. Yeah, Plumley's starting, man. Okay, yeah. So then, yeah. Yeah, their bench That's... is going to be really thin. I mean, it's going to be, like, Ubre and, like. It's Book Knight, Ubre, and Kai Jones. And then someone will play five, someone will play one. I don't even know who they like. Dude, I, I, it's not pretty out there on the on the. Who who is their backup one? Is it like Ish Smith? Ish Smith. Oh yeah, 
no, that's not great. He's good. <laughs> Clyde, Clyde favorite. Um, but Ish Smith, James Booknight, Kelly Oubre, <laughs> and then Kai Jones. It's and, rough. And oh god, who are they even? Oh, you know who I'm forgetting about is they're gonna have to have Miles or PJ off the bench now that they have Hayward back from injury. Miles yeah. isn't starting anymore. So I guess Miles Miles should start though at the four. It's gonna be interesting with the Miles situation too, because they could have had a chance to they had a chance to extend him and they didn't. So what they might do, they might put PJ in the starting lineup to be like a glue guy for Hayward and Lamelo and all that. And then put throw Miles off the bench and let Oh Christ. Ish Smith, Book Knight, Miles Bridges, Kai Jones. They're gonna give up a lot of points. And Vernon Carey Jr. <laughs> like what I give up. I oh, oh I forgot about Kelly Oubre Jr. And oh, and one God. of the, the they still have one of the Martin twins, and you know he's a he's a James Borrego favorite, so oh, Christ. Yeah, he's a weird coach, man. Um, yeah, I don't love that Charlotte team this year. Washington, a hair above them for me. And then, you know, who you got two? Two? For me, two and one is like a toss-up between Atlanta and Miami. Right. Miami's old, so it's like maybe some injuries may keep them back in the regular season, but during playoffs, they'll probably be a way tougher beast. But, um, yeah, it's a toss-up for me between those two just because, like, I feel like they're, like, sort of evenly matched. They're going to be evenly matched in the regular season similar to how us and Atlanta were last year in the regular season. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I just – a lot of people are, are relying on, like, a Cam Reddish or DeAndre Hunter leap. I don't know. I don't know if I really see it. So, unless that happens and it's, like, a real leap, then I'd have Atlanta over them. But for now, I just see the two teams as, like, evenly matched so far. And I think the the acquisition of Kyle Lowry is really going to, like, it's really going to show itself. Because, I mean, you saw it in the first preseason game, kind of, like, their offense just looks way more, I want to say modern, I guess. But, like, it was yeah. way more fast-paced. Um, Kyle Lowry was getting people shots where they need to get their shots. And, you know... I'm not the biggest Tyler Hero fan, but he looked a little bit better as a basketball player or whatever. Oh, so. we good. So we good. <laughs> I have Miami too. I think okay. Atlanta finishes one here. Full season on McMillan, great depth. Trey Young, you know, an improving hunter. Um, yeah, I, I think this team can be like third in the East. So one in the division would definitely be accurate here to to reflect that um miami man i think atlanta can get like the third seed and i think miami could get like the seventh seed at lowest maybe six or five uh that depth worries me a little and uh hero's good but i don't know if he's that good it's just like give me atlanta over miami yeah I mean, yeah. I mean, for me, it's a toss-up still, but yeah, I could, I, I, I see, I see the, I see the, um, I see the, I see the, the justification and the, and the logic for it. So moving out of the east, I was gonna say onto the west, where you want to go first. Let's go with the division that's 
probably not going to be that that interesting this year. Southwest. Yep, I was going to say. New Orleans, <laughs> Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Memphis. Well, you know. It's going to be interesting each, for other reasons. I think each team except for San Antonio has like something close to a box office talent. Um, San Antonio, you know, unless Primo really looks totally different. Uh, not sure, but Jalen Green, Zion, Luca, Ja, you know, not terrible. Not a terrible group. Just uh, Rockets are going to stink. Um, yeah. Uh, if you want me to kick it off, that's where I would start is in Houston. You know, Christian Wood is good. Kevin Porter Jr. will be good. I like Kenyon Martin Jr., which is someone people don't talk about a lot. I, I think he's good. I think Jalen Green will be really good in like two years. <laughs> you know, like this team is just it's uh it's like a house of cards you could just blow over. You know, like this is not gonna be a hard team to beat on a given night. They have four rookies. Um have at it, man. Like this this should not be a t- super difficult team to beat. And I don't think they will win a lot of games as a result of that. So I'd have Houston five in this division for sure. Yeah. I'm I'm with you all the way. I, I Houston, they seem to be going the process approach of like acquire as much talent as possible, see what hits. Um, I don't know if that will really pan out. As we can see over in Philadelphia, things are not all too swell. So there's that. Um, yeah, I'm with you there with Houston as well. I just don't think they'll be good, man. Like their over under is like 27. I think that under might actually hit probably um, 24 wins, maybe. Who knows? Number four, I would have the Spurs. I think, oh, wait, let me run through. Um, let me let me because I think I think you'll agree with me on like all of these. So let me run through these real quick. Mm-hmm. Detroit and Cleveland, we said Indiana, middle of the pack, Chicago, middle of the pack, Bucks, contender, Wizards, middle of the pack, Charlotte, middle of the pack, Atlanta, pretender, Orlando, the lottery ball team, Miami, pretender, and then San Antonio and Houston. Houston lottery ball team, San Antonio, middle of the pack, but the bottom of it. I think they're a respectable team. think they'll be better than people think. I don't think they'll be good. So, you know, it's not really an exciting analysis, but they've got some young players to look out for, Primo and Vassell. Um, Lonnie. Guys like Derek White and Murray too. So, you know, not the worst team. Definitely not the best team. Definitely not a good team, in my opinion. Just a uh, an all right one. So yeah, I think the Spurs are four for me in the Southwest Division. What are you thinking for the? You you know you agree with Houston. You think you got Spurs four? Before I start there, I do want to say this opening night, ring night is chills for Milwaukee. I could just imagine how this would be in New York. We need it. In like three years, I I need it so bad, man. I need it so bad. What the Bucks are wearing is so sick. I just need I I need a jacket like that, white and gold for the Knicks with the Knicks logo. I just I just need that that. I just different. need to see that. 
That would be different. I just need to see that. Or like a black and gold. Something gold hints showing that we won a championship. I just need that for the Knicks. But um, going back to previews, yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Ooh, actually, no, I think I think Pelicans are really going to stink this year. I got them at four. Just because... Um, wow. <laughs> just because... Um, Zion is not going to start the season off. They're going to be off to a really rough start. They're relying on a ton of young guys and Jonas Valanciunas. I loved Jonas Valanciunas, what he did in Memphis, but like, this is a totally different team here in, in New Orleans. And it's just like, Brandon Ingram's going to have to be like 2012, 2013, Carmelo Anthony, like, Good. Like he's gonna be, he's gonna have to be that good to carry this team while while Zion is out, and it's just like I don't see it in him. No offense to Brandon Ingram or anything or nothing against him, but it's just like I just don't see it. And it's just like the West is tough, it's hard, and not having defense, relying on young guys, it's just not a good recipe. Um, shout out David Griffin, that bald bozo, lottery merchant over here stealing, over here stealing ping pong balls from teams that rightfully should have got it rigged for them, but he got it rigged for himself all those years and did nothing with all his top talent. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. People over here calling him Griff in the media, giving him all this fake love for, for what, what did he do? Nothing. Look at what he's doing right now. Zion don't even like this dude because he over here coming in his room, playing piano and doing all this other bullshit, man. This guy is a clown. Anyone rooting for the Pelicans. I feel sorry for you. But not really, because you should saw this coming. Your team is horribly run. It's been horribly run forever. You have generational talent after generational talent leave. And y'all wonder why. It's because y'all keep having bad management. And I'm speaking as a Knicks fan. And if I can say that, then it's an issue. But anyways, yeah, I have them fourth in division. They're going to be a lottery team. They're going to be awful. And Zion is going to be coming into next season Overweight again because he's gonna be pissed at the direction of the team. He's you probably gonna cost a trade. Huh? That NBA video that they did with TNT that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, he looks really big. He looks large, man. He looks really big. But yeah, I, I'm just like super low on the Pelicans. Like, there's nothing. Like they gave didn't they give up a first for Devontae Graham? Like, oh I know you want to get off Eric Bledsoe. And you wanted to get off um Steven Adams and like you wanted Trey Murphy and you got your guy. But like giving up a first for like Devontae Graham is just like beyond me. Like I don't think what he what he brings to the table is gonna be what Lonzo I, brought. Just like I like defend- him for that team. I think giving up a first and forty four mil both is just like all right. But like just defensively, I feel like the fall off from that spot and just like just again, going back to like relying on so many young guys, they're gonna be relying on like guys like Nah, Jackson Hayes. Those guys are still raw. Those guys are still like, and like the vets on the team are just like not really like vets that I like think are like proven in the league. Like Thomas Sadaransky, um, yeah, John Chunis. Just, just like it's not a good mix. And like Pelicans fans, I hopped into a space the other day and they were losing their minds. Like I oh, can't imagine. Shocking. I can't believe that was Knicks fans just like two years ago or whatever. Like, but yeah, I mean, oh, I'm yeah. just like super low on the Pelicans. 
No, I feel you. I I I got the Spurs fourth, and and I would have. Man, I guess them third, Memphis second, Dallas first. If I had to think it out quick, the Pelicans for me, like I just think they'll be good when Zion plays. I think when Zion does play, like they will win games. I think the fact that when Zion plays is a question is like their problem. So. You know, I, I I think they made the team better. Um, getting rid of Bledsoe, getting Valanchunas for Adams, I think that's big. Um, I think getting Devontae Graham instead of Bledsoe, you know, not bad. Sadoransky, not bad. They just could have done way better. Um, I think that makes me think they're going to totally suck. I don't think they'll totally suck. They could have done better. They did, like, meh. So I'd probably put them third. Um, Memphis, pretty quick here. I just think JJJ is like a really good MIP candidate. He's my pick. So to go along with that, I think Memphis can can win some more games than those other three teams. And then even with Jason Kidd, man, who deserves slander, um, Dallas. And he will get tons of it from me this year. Oh, boy. Dallas has Luka Doncic on their team, and that is by far the best player that we have talked about in this division. So they've got to be number one. Um Hopefully they're a little better around him this year. We do need them to not be in the lottery in 2023 for that pick to be ours, you know, so <laughs> need them to be on the road to confidence, but not too confident, but not oh, too yeah. bad. Oh, yeah, as protections, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, you know, we'll, Man, we'll see. Sucks. see how that goes. Um, but, yeah, I would have Dallas 1, Memphis 2, New Orleans 3, San Antonio 4, Houston 5. I think New Orleans is a middle-of-the-pack team, and they're also at the bottom of it with San Antonio. I think Memphis is a middle-of-the-pack team. They're at the top of it, like near the top of the middle of the pack. And I think Dallas is a, a pretty decent pretender. Um, I don't think I'd have them you know, competing for a chip. I think they can get into the playoffs and, and maybe win a round. So that, that's about that for the Southwest for me. Um, Memphis, like I said in in the pod that we did before, I didn't like their moves this off season, and like, <laughs> oh man, they gave up. Like I I said I I said this earlier, but like I forgot where I said it, but um, they gave up Grayson Allen, who was a key cog in their offense, so they could have the chance to play Jarrett Culver and Sam Merrill. Like, that's just hilarious to me. And they cut Chris Dunn earlier this week. So it's just like, man, shout out Chris Dunn. Top, what was he, like a top five pick? And now he's like out of the league. That's crazy. But Tom Tibbs. Pobo Tibbs. Yeah, Pobo Tibbs is not a good guy. Like, he's just not. That's not his. That's not his. That's not his job. He just should be a coach. That's it. Thank God he's just our coach and not anything else because I'd feel really eerie about the direction of our team if he was. But that's yep. another story for another day. But yeah, um, Memphis, <laughs> Memphis is gonna be Zaire pick, and I think swapping, you know, on the other end of it, swapping Ad- Valanciunas for Adams. Like I don't, I don't love that for wins this year. Um, I just yeah. think they can be better than Houston and the Spurs, and I guess the Pelicans. I- I'd want to put the Pelicans ahead of them. I just wouldn't be able to talk myself into it. So I'd have Memphis Me neither. two and Dallas one. But I do think Memphis will probably be like a playing team, maybe around like that nine yeah, ten spot. I think there's a, there's a big gap 
between Dallas and the rest of these squads for sure. All right, so let's move into – we're going to save the best division in this conference for last. So let's move on to the Northwest. I'll kick things off. Um, OKC, they're going to be lottery. We know they're going to be lottery. That's Sam Presti's goal is to be in the lottery. Like, that man wants to win Manyama so goddamn badly. Yep. So they're going to be lottery. Um. It's unfortunate that we won't get to see Shea in a winning situation again because we kind of saw it that first year with Chris Paul and, of course, with the Clippers in his rookie season. If they want want Fournier and and Obi and quickly and, like, two first-round picks, they could have it. Yeah, but unfortunately – I don't think that's enough. Unfortunately, Sam Presti laughs that offer off the phone. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, he wants like five first round picks for for Shea. And rightfully so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be lottery. Um, then it's gonna be Minnesota. Maybe Minnesota. A lot of people are so high on them for being a playing team. I don't know. I gotta see it with my own eyes to believe it. A lot of people say they change the defensive philosophy, the offense is better. Um, Ant, people believe in Ant and Cat. I don't believe in D'Lo, so, and I feel like is gonna have the ball in his hands a lot, so that's one thing. I'm not super high on. Maybe they do challenge for that 10th seed, but I don't know. We'll see. With the dysfunction going on with Sacramento and, like, Sacramento being Sacramento, I don't see them challenging. I don't see New Orleans challenging for that 10th seed, though. Maybe that 10th seed could be theirs. It's there for the taking, honestly. So, yeah, the bottom of the um, West is a little more open now. It is. It is. So, we'll how do you feel about Minnesota? I feel like you're one of those people that's higher on Minnesota than yeah. I, I like them. I like them. I'm. I'm. I'm very in on like you know. I'm always you know following like the human aspect of the sport. Like, this is cats like put up or shut up year big time, um, and it's time for him to meet that challenge so i think he takes it head on i think him and ann edwards under finch can play some really good basketball um i totally agree with you about dila i think that he wants the ball too much for how good he is with it he'd be way better off in a role where he could have the ball ball off the bench so six man i think he'd be the best six man in the league um but you know people think he's an all-star guard so that's kind of far off from he tricked everyone. Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson helped him trick everyone. So I don't know about everyone, but you know, tricked fans, a lot of people. Nick fans always had their doubts about the Nets, huh? but uh, you know maybe those doubts weren't the the most well founded. Um, to be honest, I have OKC fifth. They're a lottery ball team. I have Minnesota fourth. But I have them, you know, fighting for a playing spot because um, I think they can get close, somewhat close to 40 wins, pretty close, 38 maybe, somewhere in that range. Uh, kind of like Toronto, like not not a crazy, crazy good team, but just like clearly not a bad one. Um, I think they can play some good-looking basketball and get themselves some wins this year. Year two, Ann Edwards. Year seven, Cat. D'Lo maybe adjusting now to playing with Ant and being in a smaller role. Um, I like him. 
Number three, I'd have Portland. Ooh, that's tough because Jokic doesn't have Murray all year. But give me Portland number three and Denver number two uh, because Portland, Dame is trying to win games. They got Larry Nance. I love that pickup for them, but it's not enough to really make waves for me. Um, I think Portland can win games this year. Good amount of them, 44, maybe 46. Uh, I don't love them to make a whole lot of noise in the playoffs or anything. They'll be a playing team again, I think. I think they could be like six to eight seed, but maybe a second round exit, something like that. You know, who knows? First round exit if they're that low of a seed. Um, I just I don't think they move me as a contender, but they they might be like the worst pretender in the league or like the best middle of the pack team in the West. You know, like either either one. Like I see Minnesota as a middle of the pack, like bottom of it. You know, play in whatever top top of it because they're or middle of it because they're a play in squad. Uh, had to run through literally every option there before I decided on the one that was what I thought. <laughs> um, yeah, so like middle of the middle of the pack, and then Portland like top of the middle of the pack, uh, or maybe even bottom of the pretenders. Utah is just a regular season machine, man. I've got them as really really good pretenders because they're a regular season machine, and they crumble in the playoffs, and that's for a reason. It's because their perimeter defenders suck. And yep. Rudy Gobert has to do too much. And then guess who gets blamed for all of it? Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Um, I think Donovan Mitchell's really good. I don't think he's a top 15 player. I think Rudy Gobert's really good. I don't think he's good enough to make up for all those fuck-ups. So, you know, Jazz, regular season monsters, playoff, pretenders. And for the Northwest, like, that's the book on them for me. I think OKC is fun but sucks. I think Minnesota's fun and is all right. I think Portland's fun and is all right. I think Denver is all right and is fun-wise, but is pretty good. And I think Utah is fun and really good. Um, that's an interesting little division we got there. It is. Um, yeah, Minnesota, like I said, I'm, I got to see it to believe it with them just because, like, every year there's, like, a, it seems like – it seems like not every year, but, like, every time there's, like, an exciting – start for minnesota or like there's like very there's like excitement for them it like doesn't pan out like for like example when like it was like wiggins zach levine and 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 cat and it was like oh this is about to be fun and then it wasn't and then they traded for jimmy butler nah, and, it was like, and it was like oh this is gonna be interesting and fun and then it wasn't and then it was interesting and fun in a different way, and then it wasn't. Not the way that Minnesota wanted. Yeah, not the way Minnesota wanted. And now it's like again with like Ant and Cat and I don't know D'Lo or like what? What's the hype this year? Is it like Jaden McDaniel's or something? I don't know what's going it's on. It's that Jaden McDaniel's is an awesome complimentary piece to Cat when you have D'Lo and Ant out there on offense with Cat. And then everyone's like, "Ooh, this is gonna be fun. They're gonna be a playing team." And then they end up right back in the lotto. So I don't know. I gotta see it again with Minnesota to believe it. It's just like yeah, it's a it's that. a continued trend. You know, some certain teams they have a stigma they have to break. The Knicks had this stigma they had to break for the last seven years or whatever it was, and they broke it. And now everyone respects us. They treat us. 
I don't they know. Respect us to a degree, a degree. Some people respect us more than others, you know. But there is a general consensus of like, oh, the Knicks are not like a laughable. Sam and I go to war, y'all, on Twitter every day. For real. Because For real. people swear to God that the Bulls are going to be better than the Knicks. The Bulls are apparently a God squad this year to um, people on Twitter. Well, you and... know that DeMar DeRozan's just Michael Jordan in the modern era, right? So, like, yep, he is. So, you know, you got to gotta respect it. Well, um, yeah, yeah I mean, even say. But yeah, I'm um, going down to Northwest. Um, Denver is going to be interesting. I think Bones eventually cracks the rotation. I know a lot of people are like Mike Malone doesn't play rookies, but I think he's gonna his hand is gonna be forced just because if is they want to keep if they want to keep Jamal Murray um healthy and not rush him back, then that's what they'll they'll that's the right thing to do. So, I mean, he ended up having to play Marcus Howard last year. Marcus Howard. I never thought Marcus Howard would see NBA minutes, but Mike Malone's hand was forced, and when his hand is forced, he has no choice. So Izzy Bones is good, yo. That kid's gonna play. Exactly. So it's gonna be interesting to see his production level. I saw like he dropped like 18 in the third quarter in one preseason game. So it's like that boy can score in bunches, and you know, Nuggets, they're not gonna be known for their defense. So if it's if they're giving you high powered offense and like Bones is able to contribute to that, then you know. Maybe they'll maybe they won't be a playing team this year. I don't think they will. They could end up being a top six seed. It's not out of the realm of possibility. But just top, um, top eight. You know, technically that's not playing. Um, true. Even though they they have to play in the games. Like shout out Julius Randall on the JD Sports commercial just now. Um, on TV. yeah, JD Sports, and then you see Vroom signed him to a thing too. Like he was in a Vroom ad. Yeah, shout so out Julius Randle getting like the bag and endorsements because you know that's what happens when you come play for New York at Superstars. Yeah, but no, anyways, whoever those whoever's in the Smoothie King Center. <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, Utah, like you said, Utah is just like they are a regular season machine just because continuity wise they are able to keep the same core and like everyone gets familiar with each other. So it's like there's not much to really learn and like. They have like a weird way of developing what I call um, NBA industry plants. Um, Royce O'Neal was um, one of the first. Um, Joe Ingles is another one. They had, like they both were just they just came out of nowhere, and it's like they're just like NBA role players. They're competent NBA role players, and it's just like, where do you come from? Tory Craig is another example of an NBA industry plant. I just like don't know where he came from, but he just jumped into the league and became a NBA. Um, Solid NBA role player out of nowhere. So look, look out for those guys in, uh, in in the NBA. Guys that just come out of nowhere and are competent role players. Those are NBA industry. Jared players. Butler is going to be one man. Jared Butler's one. Um, they got Malik Fitz who can shoot that thing. He was on the Clippers, um, G League team, um, I believe last year. Um, but yeah, though Utah is like the home for. NBA industry plant. So look out for the next one that's going to be developing with them this year. I think it's going to be Elijah Hughes because they've given oh, him yeah. a lot of they've got, they've given him a lot that's of run cool. in po- in in the preseason, and I feel like he'll 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 slot oh, into their great, wing rotation. Pick. What was that? That's a great pick for the next like 
industry play role play. Yeah, I, I saw that he was getting a lot of key minutes with them. So no, he'll be good for sure. But yeah, and then they added Rudy Gay and Hassan Whiteside. I'm not a big Hassan Whiteside guy because like I just feel like he's like a dodo head and just like he's I just like tweet the other day and it was like Trayvon Diggs interceptions are like Hassan Whiteside blocks. And I was like that <laughs> that is perfect. Oh man, any Cowboys fans listening, you're not gonna like that one, but reality sucks. Um, so let's, let, let's, let's move on to probably the best division in probably up there with the Atlantic in terms of like, I was going like, to say Atlantic that I, no, this division's probably the best. Yeah, uh, it is, but it's like, it's, it's up there with them. So it's like, dude, I might take Atlantic over this. That's really tough. It is. I'm a, I'm Cause a, they I'm both a, got like four teams ball. where you could say like, they're definitely going to be in the playoffs. Dude, I, I kind of want to make a Twitter poll out of the division has the better better list of teams. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I think I think I think I think a lot of people are just gonna have that Lakers and Golden State bias, and of course Phoenix just went to the finals last year, so it's like, nah. I think this is really close, man. This is good. Might <laughs> Sixers, be. Celtics, Knicks, and uh, and Raptors. Nah, this is that that's a that's tough, man. Who you I mean actually I don't need to ask. I know who you have fifth. <laughs> I just I just looked at the team in the Pacific. I know I know it's Sacramento got. and Sacramento of course could not stay out of the NBA drama this year to start things off. Um re, just like a couple hours or like an hour, not even maybe like 30 minutes before we started recording like a quote came out from Marvin Bagley's agent his agent saying how Marvin Bagley was informed that he's not going to be in the rotation to start Weird the year. Situation, man. And like, they didn't want to trade him this, this past summer or at the deadline last year because of value reasons or whatnot. And basically Jeff Schwartz, his agent was basically calling on Sacramento saying, this is like, this is their continued trend of mismanagement. So, I mean, it's just Sacramento being Sacramento, and they're always last in the division. And I just don't see another reason. I just don't see a reason why they wouldn't be there again, just because they're Sacramento and the rest of the division is like really elite. So I put out the poll two votes so far. It's one for each. <laughs> it, it could be end up being a close poll. Dude, that's a, that's a great question. Like, that is really tough. I also have Sacramento fifth. I think they're a clown show organization. I think they have some good basketball players. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox. Um, Harrison Barnes, man. Like, Harrison Barnes is good. A, a contender should go pick him up before the deadline. Rashawn Holmes. Yeah. Holmes I love. He's got a top five floater in the entire NBA. I swear by that statement. That dude is really good at floaters. <laughs> like, yeah, I think he has like a five. really high percentage at, at, that, at that range too. So, Dude, he's great at that shot. Um Number four, I'm going to have, sadly, the Clippers. I yeah. want them to do well this year. I want PG to have his, hey, look at this, y'all. Take a look at this, capital Y, capital A, LL, Stephen A. Smith reference. Like, I want, I, want, I want PG to have a fire year, but I just think with Bledsoe and the starting lineup there, like, there's a bit of a limit on that team. So I'm going to have... 
Phoenix right ahead of him. But I'll put the and no Kawhi there. too. You got to remember that. Yeah, no that's Kawhi. what I'm saying. Like, I'll, the stop, year. Stop. I'll put Phoenix third, Clippers fourth, and I'll stop there. And I'll let you give your thoughts on your third and fourth team before I go on. But yeah, I probably yeah, have Kings got... five, Clippers four, Suns three. Yeah, I got Clippers. Yeah, I think I think we're probably gonna agree the whole way through with our the rest of our thing. Cause I I I go skipping ahead, I like Golden State at two. Just because like I just like what they did this offseason. Of course, last year they had they had guys that just didn't fit what Steve Kerr wanted to do. I'm and torn of course, personally between Lakers and Warriors ranking. Like I'm actually torn. It's really tough for me. Mm. But yeah, like Steve Kerr, he's he's not gonna change his system. So of course he was like, let me just get some guys who fit my system. And and yeah, he he got he got his guys. He brought back they brought back Iguodala. Um, they got Otto Porter. They got Bielitsa. And then Jordan Poole looks like he's ready to make the leap, and he's going to be a top three in he's MIP this year. So. And I've been a huge Jordan Poole believer since he hit that shot versus Texas Tech, I believe it was in that tournament. So I've been, I've been, I've, been, I've been big on him. I thought he would be, I thought he would be like sort of like a Nick Young type of guy. But then as like I started to watch him more and more, I just saw like like he's first of all the handle is way better than Nick Young's, of course. And I think that was just a lazy comparison that a lot of people were making at that time too. Yeah, and then is. um, the shot, the shot is real, and like the off the dribble shooting is real, and it's yeah. just like he's gonna do really well slotting in for Clay, and then even when Clay comes back, he's gonna be. He's, I think Clay's gonna be really key, so that Pool can run the offense off the bench. Because yeah, that is gonna be good. Steph with Clay Wiggs. Like maybe Otto, um, mm-hmm. and Looney or whatever, and then Wiseman off the bench with Pool and Kuminga and Moody or whoever they like, you know, Bielitsa and Moody, whoever they play. Um, yeah, that's gonna be really fun. It is, and then of course you know you got to put the, I I mean maybe Phoenix. I don't know Phoenix. Phoenix is a weird team for me to gauge because, like, for me, I'm torn between Phoenix, Golden State, and LA, just because Phoenix is having problems with Aiton, and especially that's the thing with me. That thing, that type of stuff, that type of stuff, hangover plus Aiton combines for take the under on them. Yep, that type of stuff always comes back to bite you in the regular season just like chemistry wise and it's like it's funny it's funny chris paul had said um in june late june he was like we're gonna get deandre in the bag and it's like they got everyone but deandre in the bag like they extended Shamit, they extended bridges they paid campaign cheaply but they did pay him but yeah it's just like that type of stuff is going to be interesting to see how Aiden approaches the season because last year he kind of a lot of people say he sacrificed, and we'll see how he approaches the game this year if he's going to like change up his game, go back to what he was playing before and whatnot. And it's just it's it's going to be very interesting. Um, but they did keep a lot of last year's team. They did add Javale McGee. I did like that addition. 
because they did need um big man depth. Um, Frank Kaminsky and Jalen Smith just not it right now at all. Um, especially if you like want to bang with yep. the big bodies in the West. Yep. So I did like those additions. I I did like Shamit. Shamit's been on like a million teams already and his career just started, but Three, still, he, he adds he adds shooting, which is like you can never have too much shooting as a contender. I mean, as you saw with the Bucks, they had like so much shooting. Yeah, I th- I think it's tough. I think I probably have Golden State two and the Lakers one, and Phoenix three. Uh, but the thing with Phoenix is like Shamit getting forty three mil. That's kind of a lot for Shamit. I don't know. I don't know if I love that. Um, but eleven mil a year isn't the worst thing in the world. So like you know, whatever. I think it's weird they gave Macal like twenty two and a half a year, and Shamit almost eleven a year, and wouldn't pay Aiden. It's just weird. Um, but all right, <laughs> all right for them, I guess. Um, and I, I think with the Lakers, Ellington, Ariza's hurt, but Carmelo, Monk, like if AD could really play the five, I love this Lakers team this year as a regular season machine because Russ should be on when Braun is off. And if they pull that off right, if Vogel does these rotations right, they can. <laughs> You asking Vogel to do things right? He already started off on the wrong they, foot. I don't know if you saw the can, starting lineup already. I did. I did. If Vogel <laughs> can, over the course of the year, get these rotations right, there's no reason like the Lakers shouldn't be favored to win almost every single game. Um, I think they're just they can be that good with with the bench unit, you know, being as good as it can be. When you're one of these top teams and you have Hall of Famers like Carmelo Anthony filling out your role player spots. And you're not Portland and don't suck. Um, I, I think you could be really good. So that's kind of like the edge for these teams. And I think the Lakers certainly have that in a, in a variety of regards. So Lakers one, Warriors two, Suns three, Clips four, sadly, because of Kawhi injury. And then Kings definitely five. And that that's it. That's all the divisions, man. Holy crap. That's it. Yep. So let's let's briefly get into some awards as we wrap things up. Um, let's start yeah, with the like, lesser awards. Um, Coach of the Year. Who you got? Like top three. All right. I put out. I put out my like a rough guess today. Um, I put Quinn Snyder. I'm gonna throw two guys with the same type of narrative also up there, and that's gonna be Teron Liu and Ime Udoka. If those two guys can coach their team to like a top three or four seed, I think they either has a chance to win it. But Quinn Snyder would be my pick just because we know the Jazz are a regular season machine. Okay, I could I could I could get down with that. Um I I could see Udoka if especially if Boston like really lives up to those expectations. Um let's see. Maybe Nate McMillan gets that gas that he was getting a lot a lot more of that gas this year if um that he was getting last year with the the Hawks because I remember last year a lot of people were saying if he had a full season with the Hawks, they'd probably be a top three team. So let's see if that happens. If that does happen, I do think that he will have more of that. And I think Monty, I think more people will be on Monty's um Side if they can get some success while navigating all these, they have some adversity now. Aiden doesn't have the extension. How is he gonna play? Like, 
there's there's narratives to follow with some of these these awards. So I do think that Monty, I feel like a lot of people also feel like Monty was robbed last year. So I think they'll probably just want to give him his yeah, due. Yeah, that narrative will be there. I'm just not in on the Suns to be a huge winning team this year because I can uh, see that. That Super Bowl hangover, man. Like, and then Aiton, like Chris Paul saying they're gonna get him paid and him not getting paid, unless the players decide to ball out to prove a point to Sarver, like there's gonna be some weird, weird shit going on in the locker room, just vibes wise, I think. I don't know if I love this team this week. But yeah, I mean, see if if they can navigate all that and sustain success, I feel like that will be a narrative that they can follow for coach of the year that he will get some votes and also top that with um oh my gosh Giannis just said he'll pull up three and transition oh my gosh it's gonna be scary this year oh well anyways (laughs) anyways yeah I just think that if he if if Monty is able to navigate those issues with the Suns locker room and it'll be the same success as long as with the fact that a lot of people feel like he was robbed last year I think that will make for the perfect storm. That would be great. That would be that would be a story, man. You know, that's how these awards work. Those storylines, bro. Yep. That's how you you know you know how the NBA how the NBA goes. So you need it. That's fine. I, like all my award picks, um, there's all like there's at least some storyline based something in there. Uh, I tried to give like certain teams awards, right? So like, I think Derrick Rose will be the sixth man of the year this year. Knicks oh, are getting easily. Knicks easily, are, Knicks are getting sixth man. I don't think we get Mitchell Robinson as defensive player of the year. I don't think we get Tibbs as coach of the year again. So, um, you know, I said Quinn Snyder. I think the Jazz get their award in coach of the year. I don't think Rudy gets defensive player of the year this year. My defensive player of the year is Bam. That's the that's the campaign I'm leading this year is Bam for defensive player of the year. I can see it. I think that's my one of my new agendas. Um even though it's I think Rudy Gobert will be in the running. I think I think I think Giannis will be in the running as well. Yeah. Just because like he's always he's just always that guy who's in there. So yeah, I think he'll be there, and then mm, I don't know who else. Um, yeah, I mean, Giannis just had a crazy block on Claxton just now, and just like he's like Claxton proving sucks. my point. <laughs> he's like proving I mean, my yeah, point. I, like he's always yeah, gonna be in the running for defensive player of the year. But Claxton also sucks. Um, <laughs> I said my MIP pick earlier in the episode, so I'll just go ahead and repeat it now. Jaron Jackson Jr. Man. So I think he can get the rebounding right this year. Stay healthy. Um, he looks like he added some muscle. I will say that. Yeah, man. And, and I think the rebounding has always been a problem for him. So that's going to be pretty good this year. Um, yeah, so Derrick Rose, sixth man. Jaron Jackson, most improved. Bam Adebayo, defensive player. Quinn Snyder, coach of the year. And then last two are rookie and most valuable, right? So for me, I'm going to go Cade and I'm going to go Steph. For for what award that was again? Rookie of the year, Cade, MVP, Steph. So okay. 
I, I'm, I'm in on the Warriors. I think this will be Steph's last career MVP. Um, but that the voters give him one more before he's out of here because the Warriors put together a great season. And he has more than enough stats for that award. As a humongous Steph Curry fan, I, I I could see it. I could see it. I have him and I have Giannis as like my two MVP candidates. Like, I feel like Giannis with the championship confidence, like you already see in this first game, he is like, yeah, he's nice. (laughs) He's like, he's playing with like a different swagger. He's like, I got my chip. I'm good. Let me come out and just like dominate now. And my prop bet already hit for his first quarter points and the three pointer. So shout out Giannis getting me some cash. But um yeah, I just feel like he's gonna have that that he already he has that confidence. He already has two MVPs. I feel like the vote he's gonna beat the voter for T allegations this year. And like the Bucks, the Bucks, we know the Bucks are a regular machine season machine, just like the Jazz, except the Jazz don't have a Giannis, so that's why they're not in that's why they don't have anyone in MVP talks. But Giannis is Giannis and he's gonna do Giannis things. So it's Giannis's league, man. It is. It is. And we're just seeing in this first game, I mean, just like the confidence, like again, just goes back to the confidence level. Like when you just have that chip, like there's a monkey off your back. Like we saw it with Steph, we saw it with Braun. Like it's just, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing thing to watch. That's why I just love seeing these guys get their ring and then be able to still compete in their prime. It's just amazing. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I could definitely see Steph, especially if like Warriors really live up to the expectations that a lot of people have for them this year. I could see Steph getting that MVP. Yeah, um, man. I see that push existing. And in rookie of the year, I mean, man, I, I it's like I feel like it's a curse sometimes to say it's gonna be the number one pick always because it's not always the number one pick uh, as of lately. Like we already see now, like Cade's not gonna play at least like within the first week and like Yeah, Green has a real shot. You know, I wouldn't blame you if you pick Jalen. I just think the Pistons will be better. And K will be better. So like, see, see, that's the thing with with rookie of the year though. I don't think the winning matters that much. Didn't they give it to Brogdon his rookie year just because like the team was all right in Milwaukee? Like, not even just because of that. It was because like the that rookie class was weak first, and then Joel Embiid was out for like almost the whole year. He played like twenty something <laughs> games, I think it was, and then the next guy after him was like Dario Saric. So it was like. It was a skimp rookie class. Good God. Yeah, it was a very skimp rookie class. So, yeah, I don't think it really matters with team success because Michael Carter-Williams got it, and his team was dookie that year that he won. So, We'll see. I think it's just like if you just put up, like, really good stats, then you'll be good, which is not really a good benchmark for rookie of the year, but – yeah, it's, I just think it's not my think, league. So I think Cade can throw enough stats up, get enough assists, and then hopefully some points, um, to just be, you know, the best. It's uh, it's tough though. Like Green really, really has a shot, um, just with scoring, man. Like Porter Junior is going to average a lot of assists. Jalen mm-hmm. Green is a 
crazy athletic cutter. Like, who knows, man? Jalen Green could put up 21 a game his rookie year uh, on a dog shit Houston team, and they throw him a bone and give it to him instead of Cade having 14, 4, and 6, you know, on the Pistons. Yeah. Um, And then um, we gave him – I didn't say my most improved. I think it's going to be Jordan Poole. I know they usually give it to, like, first-time All-Stars, but I really don't see he's my runner up after Jared, so Yeah. But I don't see any first time all stars this year that that really take that jump. Cause like it's always a first time it's recently it's always been a first time all star that takes like a, a pretty significant jump. We saw it with Victor Oladipo, we saw it with Ingram, we saw it with Randall. Like they, they had like mediocre years the previous years and then they had like like a right. really significant jump to all star level. I really don't see any player doing that this year. And maybe that's going to be the fun of this year of seeing who actually does do that. Maybe it's OG Ananobi. Everyone's been hyping up his um his basic dribble moves this this offseason. Sorry to anyone who really loves OG, OG Ananobi, but um <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the people think he is, man. Remember, um, the moves are moving me. They are moving me. They're moving maybe his 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 defender um Sengun, who's like Ennis Cantor in the pick and roll, but like it's not moving. Remember, me. remember Holden saying like. OG Ananobi isn't worth the number one pick, and Raptors fans literally murdered. They'll probably find this podcast and like maybe clip a portion of it, and maybe this is how my podcast goes viral. So shout out Toronto fans if y'all mad. I don't see OG Ananobi getting MIP. They were like, "How could you even fathom wanting Lamelo or Anthony Edwards? Your choice of either. Like, (laughs) why? Why would you even want that if you could have OG?" But yeah, I, I don't see it. Um, Tyrese will probably find this also and probably won't be happy either. But yeah, I just don't see it. Um, to be honest, I maybe I see the production increase just because Pascal Siakam won't be there to start the season, and he'll have to take on more of an offensive load. And he did that during preseason. You know, he scored. He scored. A, he scored a decent amount during preseason. Um, but um, I don't know. I don't see it. He'll probably be top three in like contention maybe for it like maybe him um jordan Poole, jaron jackson and then you could throw some other random young player that will probably emerge also um randomly maybe garland kevin porter darius garland um jaron jackson and jordan Poole are my four favorites yeah i could see i could see that i could see that um, Keldon Johnson, I guess, if you want to throw a second year guy, he could be a candidate. Maybe, 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 maybe. He's a third year guy, I know. The oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'll definitely get some contention. Second year guy, but I don't think they give it to a second year number one overall pick. Yeah, they don't. Um, but yeah. Um, what other award are we missing? Oh wait, no. Your MVP was Giannis. Be honest, right, right, right. But I could see Steph getting it too, so it's like I'm either or with them. And yeah, then no, I just want to make sure you got that all out. I yeah, that's all the awards then. Yeah, I think so. Um, Knicks winning opening night, I heard. So that's exciting to look forward to. Yes, uh, indeed. Um, yeah. I'll, so I'll see you at that game, man. That's tomorrow, bro. I'm too ready. Facts, I'll see you tomorrow. Um and. Um, anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Man, I guess the 
I mean, if you want, if you're on it, even we'll see if you're on it if we meet up at halftime. But oh no, you'll be with me at halftime. You will be on the show. Yeah, and we'll be on the KFS halftime show for game one. So yeah, because we're sitting together. That's right. That's fire. Um, yeah. So tune in when the Knicks play. I'm live at halftime, breaking down the first half of action. Sam's going to be a guest uh, for tomorrow's opening night halftime live. So tune in on the KFS Twitter is where I do them now. Um, and follow me on Twitter at Chris Percy and that's about all I got. Thank you, Sam, for having me on again. It's always a pleasure. No doubt. And I will plug the Strickland as I am part of the Strickland. Um, that's sure. the strict.land. Um, excellent Knicks content. We just are finishing up our season um previews of each single player. I did one on Quentin Grimes and I had a little bit of some sneak Reggie Bullock slander. Um, where I kind of called his defense and his offense both overrated. And I think I'm justified in it just by seeing some preseason clips. I know it's just preseason, but I would call that justification. But, um, yeah, excellent writing going on over there, excellent content going on over there. If you're interested in some exclusive content, check out the Patreon over there. And we got some interesting other content coming out in the next couple weeks so you know stay tuned for that also um so that's at the strickland on twitter and the strict dot land on um your selected web browser um and that's all i got